0: We're in the midst of a series where we're talking about the passion of the kingdom of God. This entire year, we've given ourselves to understand life in the kingdom of God. When Jesus Christ came, he came to give new life. And for everyone who's born again, we are a new creation in Christ. We have this new life in salvation. And that life is inside of and a part of the kingdom of God, where Jesus Christ reigns and rules over us, directing us according to his glory and his purpose. And what we need to do is we need to join in and follow him. Him, and we must do that passionately. We are in a war and, and we can't just go through the motions and win. We, we must be passionate. So we're t- taking some time to talk about the passion of the kingdom of God. And we describe that passion with the disciples cross. And I hope that you'll memorize this because these are the, the fundamental passions of those who are citizens of the kingdom of God. At the center is to gather for worship, the base is to equip for growth, the arms are to uh, connect uh, in a group and serve the church and world and then to go and make more disciples. And so we're talking about each one of those. And, and what we're doing this morning is we're talking about the passion to equip, the passion for to equip for growth. Um, on Monday, I, I had the joy of being on Western's campus helping uh, freshmen move into the dorms, which is, which is always a great time. I don't really lift a lot of stuff. I usually run my mouth the whole time. And I'm talking to kids and their parents and and just having a great time. And I, I I remembered my freshman year. Every year I have this, this moment where I remember uh, showing up uh, there to MTSU and it wasn't like when they recruited me. Uh, I went there and when I went to the dorms, everyone's dorms were filled with stuff. And so the the day I showed up, you know, I was the first uh, person from my family to ever to leave, to go college. I came in with my, my laundry bag of clothes to a, a room that had nothing no pillows, no, 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 no bedding, no, no towels, nothing. I, fe- I felt deceived, like, you know? Thankfully, I'd had a job that summer, so I made a quick run to, to Walmart, and I bought my first pillow. I was very proud of that pillow. It's my pillow. I bought it. I bought, I bought my first towels. I bought my first blanket. It was a good one. And, and I tell you what, I, I, I thought I was something, but you know what the truth is? I wasn't equipped for that first day. Now, thank God I was able to, to recover but I needed to, and I should have been equipped. There are a lot of Christians, some of you here in this room right now, you're not equipped. You're not equipped for what's coming. And friends, life is coming at you. And there are gonna be challenges, and there's gonna be problems, and there's gonna be pain, and there's gonna be distractions. And by the way, those are all under the sovereign command of Christ. It's a part of God's plan for your life. He's going to allow you to struggle so that your faith can be strengthened. This is a James James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Friends, God has a plan for our lives, but each one of us must choose to walk in his way. God has our destiny, but we must pursue and, and recover it and claim it and find it and fulfill it. And, and if you are a Christian, you are called by God to grow into Christ-likeness. And, and he's gonna have you do that one of two ways. Now, now one of those ways will, will be by you disciplining yourself. And this is the preferable way. If we would obey God's word, we would choose to discipline our own lives, to become more and more like Jesus and equip ourselves for the work that is ahead. If we won't, here's what you can know for certain. God will discipline you. He loves you so much that he refuses to allow you to remain immature. He refused to allow you to go on a path that, that is going to create more unnecessary brokenness. And so he will, he will bring pain. You know, few people like discipline. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, 11, though, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Friends, it is wise that we discipline ourselves to intentionally be equipped for our faith journey. In our text today, it helps us understand how important it is that we be equipped. And this text helps us understand who equips us, what we're equipped with, and why we are equipped. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go to the last chapter of the book of Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, and we're gonna be in uh, the last section of verses. We're gonna be specifically in verses 20 and 21. So let's all stand together in honor of God's word as Cooper comes to read our scripture. Again, we're in Hebrews chapter 13, and Cooper's gonna read for us our text that begins in verse 20. Go ahead, Cooper. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equipped you, oh with everything good that you may do his will, working in us, which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Cooper. If you would go ahead and and, and be seated and pray now for the preaching of God's word. We, we don't know... Uh, We have some church tradition, but we don't know for certain who wrote the book of Hebrews, but we do know who the book of Hebrews was written to. It was written to those who were once a part of the Jewish religion. And these were people who had repented of their sin and believed the gospel. And so they were being tempted at this point to reject Jesus Christ and to fall away from the gospel and instead to go back to the dead rituals that were that were always pointing to Jesus. The, the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. All those sacrifices, all those rituals, the, the law having to, to do with, of course, the ceremonial law, the, the national law, the moral law, all of those were pointing to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And there were some in, in the day of this writing that were tempted to, to turn away because they were, they, were, they were being persecuted and there was a greater persecution that was come, to come. And so the Holy Spirit inspired this writer to simply say, get ready, equip yourselves, understand what you believe and why. And what you'll discover if you'll study the book of Hebrews, and I highly advise that you do, is, is that the, the whole book speaks to the superiority of Jesus Christ over all other things over all other religions, over all other ideologies, how Jesus Christ is supreme. And and so the writer was challenging them to not only hold on to their salvation, but to equip themselves for the journey. Salvation, when you are saved, when you repent and believe the gospel, that's the first step into your destiny, not the last. It's the first step. It's the first step in a journey, and it's a journey if you're going to succeed at, you're going to have to be equipped. You know, my sophomore year, I left MTSU and I went to Belmont University, and this time I was a little bit more prepared. I had my pillow, right? I at least had a pillow and, and, and a blanket and a few towels. Now, that time, though, I went into, they gave me an apartment, and it was completely empty. And so I had to get, you know, a bed and a desk and, and other things, but I was equipped. I knew what to anticipate. I was I was ready. Friends, are are you ready? Are you ready for what's coming? Have you equipped your heart and mind in Christ Jesus? As Christians, we're always being equipped for what's next. And you need to be ready. I'm so proud of of Connor who was baptized today. You know, the day uh, he came to Saving Faith, he was at a camp. The next week he was at a a different camp and he was with some, some boys that hadn't trusted Jesus Christ. And you know what he did? He shared his faith. He was equipped and ready to share the hope that he had in Jesus Christ. And those two boys prayed to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord because he was ready. He was ready for the moment. Friends, are you ready for your moment? Are you ready for the good things that are to come, the opportunities to share your hope? Are you ready for the pain? Are you ready for the challenges? Are you ready for the dark times? God has a plan for you. You need to be equipped and ready to walk in it. And that's what, that's what we're gonna see in our text today. We're gonna, we're gonna see, and, 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 rem, and I wanna encourage you to, to remember and write down what it is, uh, those equipped saints, what it's like, what they look like. So write down and, and remember this. First of all, citizens of the kingdom of God are equipped, first of all, by our good king. We are first and foremost equipped by Jesus Verse 20 says, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you. It is crucial that we understand who is equipping us. I am an under shepherd. Our pastors, our other lay leaders, elders, uh, ABF teachers, equipped teachers, we're all under shepherds under the Lord Jesus. He is our God. He is our King. And it is he that equips us. It is he who made the world and now holds it. It is he who is sovereign. It is he who has a deep abiding love. It is he who has the plan. He's the same God of Moses and the apostles. And the same God who led Paul will lead you. He will lead me. He is leading us if we are saved. And he's guiding us. And and he's at work in the world. And he wants us to be a part of it. This God, this God is the God of peace. Friends, peace is not the absence of chaos. It's the fullness of God. If, if you are filled with the confidence and hope that's in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what's going on around your life because you're full in the goodness of the Lord. And that gives you peace no matter what you're going through. So we have the God, this God who is the God of peace that provided victory over sin and death when the scripture says, brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus. Jesus is not dead. He's alive. And because he's alive, he's he's living in those of us who believe. And his life in us is transforming us. And he's shepherding us. That shepherds his people because he's the great shepherd of the sheep. He's not abandoned us. Jesus said that he's with us to the very end of the age. And so we're being guided by him. And that imagery is very important, friends. The shepherd. Shepherds oversee flocks. We are meant to flock together, he leads us in community. If you're out there on your own, you are easily going to be devoured by the devil who's like a roaring lion seeking someone to destroy. God calls all of, of his redeemed people to be a part of a local church where we are led under the headship, under the leadership of our king who is a shepherd and has purchased us. It says that we've been purchased by the blood of the eternal covenant. Friends, remember this. If you are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, you are no longer your own. You've been bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. And now you owe your allegiance to him. And he has a plan. He is is now working in your life. He wants to work through your life. And he is equipping you for what is ahead. Second thing to remember is citizens of the kingdom of God are equipped with every good thing. Every good thing. Do you realize, as, as the redeemed in Christ... You have already been given every spiritual blessing heaven has to offer. Friends, it's crucial that we understand what God is equipping us with, what we have in Christ. It says in Ephesians 1:3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Friends, and, and these are given to us that we might fulfill our destiny. Right now, fall sports have begun. It's, it's a lot of fun this week. High school sports kicked off and, and, and soccer started off a few weeks ago and cross country and there's the, the, all the volleyball, all these sports, but you know what? The, the difference between the, the bad teams, good teams and great teams are the ones who have prepared wisely. The ones who have equipped themselves for the opportunities and the challenges that are ahead. And what we have in Christ Jesus is all that we need for the challenges and the opportunities that are ahead. We are going to have a lifetime of challenges. And so it's very important that we understand what God is equipping us with. Those athletes, they have to have their head, their hearts, and their hands prepared. And so it is with those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We have to have our minds prepared for, for what it is we are going to engage. We are, we are and let me say it this way. We need to be equipped with truth that transforms our heads. Our minds must be renewed. This is Romans 12, 2. You, you need to know this one. You need to have this one in your back pocket. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is, the good and accept, what, is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We must engage our minds with God's word so that we can discern God's will. If you do not know God's word, you can never know for certainty that you are walking in God's will. And we, this fall, have three amazing equipped courses to help you to walk in God's way so that you can discern God's will and to know it for certain. The first is rooted. This will take place on Sunday nights from five to seven. This is an experience that blessed my life. We went through this as a staff almost five years ago. In that time since, I've gone back several times to the journal notes that I took where where God clearly spoke to me through his word and have been encouraged and reminded of what God is doing, has done, and promises to do. If you've never gone through the rooted experience, you need to make the time. The time's not just going to come up. Or you're not just going to magically have more time. You're not just going to just somehow show up at, at, at Living Hope on Sunday night. You're going to have to be intentional. And so let me encourage you to go ahead and get signed up. The second one, the second one is you can train with the staff. And so the staff is going to be trained on Mondays from 1 to 2.30. Every fall and spring, I ask Pastor David to train our staff in one of our six equipped courses. And so you are invited, if you can, and we understand not everybody can, but if you can, you're welcome to come and train with the staff every Monday afternoon from 1 to 2.30. And and not only will it be a blessing to to get to be around the staff, we sit at tables and and we go through the study and we have the discussions and, and it's all always a ton of fun, but you will be equipped. The third one, it's the one I've mentioned to you before. And, and I I cannot recommend this to you highly enough. This is the Alpha and Omega course. This is going to happen on Wednesday night. A few weeks ago when we were preaching through Acts, I challenged you to look at the references that, that Stephen made in his sermon and to be able to write out how each one of those pointed to Jesus Christ. And so many of you couldn't do that. You messaged me and said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to do this. I, I don't really know the Bible that well. Friends, this course is by far the best Bible course, overall Bible course I've ever taken. If you will take this course, by the time you are done, you will be able to tell in one sitting the entire Bible story. You're going to get cards. They're they're just little like playing cards that give you a a prompting of the story. And by the time you've gone through this, you will be able to tell the entire Old Testament and New Testament story and understand how they tie together. I cannot recommend this highly enough to you. Some of you are, are new to the Bible. You need this course. Some of you, you know the Bible extremely well. I'm gonna tell you something. You're gonna have some dots that get connected in your mind and you're gonna say, how long has that been in there? And we'll tell you a couple of millennia. It's there. It's great. Friends, these are the courses. We're putting them right there in front of you. We need this truth that transforms our heads and we need love that grows in our hearts. We need love that grows in our hearts. We must engage in the love that God's given. This is Philippians 1.9. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. This is the thing that most shocked me about my life in Christ. I knew I was cold-hearted and I knew I was mean before I was saved. What shocked me was the the overwhelming love that that entered in my heart when I was saved. And what has continued to shock me is the way that God continues to mold my heart how I find myself teary-eyed over people that that I barely even know as I'm praying for our missionaries overseas, as I'm praying for children in our our local classrooms and and, and talking to college parents and students, as I counsel many of you as we we walk through blessings and challenges, and and I find the love of Christ growing. Friends, that doesn't just happen. It's something that's intentional. God is moving, his love is meant to grow, and we must join him not only in understanding truth, but having our hearts enlarged by the love of Christ. And then thirdly, the, the armor that strengthens our hands. We need to be equipped with the armor that strengthens our hands. This is Ephesians six thirteen. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. You gotta take it up. You gotta take it up. It, it's not something that you just kinda, that just falls on you. You gotta take it up and you gotta put it on and you gotta get trained to use it. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. You'll notice if you'll go back and read these, uh, the, these armaments, they're, they're, they're meant for you to use to go forward. They're meant for you to, and I to be on the attack which means we've got to learn how to use that sword that is the word of God, that shield that will protect us from the fiery darts, that helmet of salvation and all the other tools. We must take them up. Friends, the Christian life is never passive. We're always to be active, engaged in what God has called us to do. And and here's what you will find. The more you engage your head and your heart and your hands, the stronger you will be. The stronger your mind will be the stronger your heart will be, the, the stronger you will be in being able to, to do the work that God's called you to do. Friends, if you see a strong Christian, here's what you can know. That was not an accident. That is someone who put the work in. There's a story about Picasso, the, the, the famous artist. He was sitting at a cafe and a lady w- approached him and said, are you Picasso? And he said, why, why, yes, I am. And she said, can I pay you to do a sketch of me? And he said, well, I'd be glad to. So pulled out his, 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 uh, his, his pencil and, and had some paper there. And in just a few seconds, he had made a sketch art of, of this woman and he was holding it. And, and, and he said, would you like to buy this? And she said, I certainly would. How much? He said, $10,000. And she said, well, how in the world can I pay you that kind of money that you did in just a few seconds? And she said, ma'am, it took me 40 years to be able to do this. If you see someone who's great at something, it didn't take them a few seconds to learn to do it. It takes years. It takes time. It takes intentionality. When you see someone standing firm, standing strong in Christ, you need to know that didn't just happen to have happen to them. They intentionally equipped themselves. Let me give you a perfect example, Pastor Bill Wade. If you haven't heard his testimony, let me encourage you to go onto our Facebook and listen to his testimony. This is a man who will soon be with Jesus and he has joy. That doesn't mean he's not sad. He said goodbye to his grandchildren last week and he, he's pretty confident he won't see them again until glory. But he still has hope. And he is confidently sharing that hope. And, and, and that didn't just happen, friends. He, he knows the truth. He's confident of love. He's loved well. He's learned to, 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 to wield the word of God with himself and, and with others. We were, we were at a... Um, uh, elders and personnel team meeting Monday night. We are having to reorganize the, the entire leadership team. There's no replacing Bill Wade. And, and so we're having to reorganize uh, almost everyone has has a, has a new supervisor. It's just the way it's gonna have to work out. It's just a challenging time. And so we were presenting this and I wasn't real sure that Pastor Bill was, was gonna be up for it. And, and, and uh, he made it clear that he wanted to be there. And, and I was so glad that he was because if you know Pastor Bill, as I started the meeting, he rudely interrupted and was completely inappropriate and it was hilarious. And then he talked about how confident he is in Christ and how he's so excited to go to heaven. And he talked about his excitement for our church and what's ahead. And how God's gonna be at work. And he he talked about how how he and I had had written out the organization and then we took it to David and said, David, use all the big words that describe what we're talking about here so so that we can get this thing passed and, and approved. And friends, there's joy and there's peace even in the sadness and the hardness. That didn't happen just by chance. It was intentional growth on his part. He was equipped for this moment. And he did what was needed to be ready. The last thing I would say to you is this. Citizens of the kingdom of God are equipped for all God, for God's good will. Know all there, for God's good will. Friends, it's, it's crucial that we understand why God is equipping us. Look at the, go back to verse 21, look at, look at why. It talks about who is equipping us, this glorious great God, uh, about what he's equipping us with and then why that you may do his will. God has a specific will for your life. You need to know this one. You probably know this one. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for beforehand that we should walk in them. God knows the plan he has for your life, but you must choose to walk in that plan. You must be intentional uh, about going forward and, and, and you can't go forward with God if you're going the wrong way. God has a, a, a general will that you've got to be walking. If I wanna to go to California by land, I can't head east. I can't head south, I can't go north. I must be headed west in order for me to find specifically what the Lord has for me there. And God guides us. This is one of my favorites. This is Psalm 119, 105, and the, the application is so obvious. Your word is a lamp to my feet, right here. God's word today is right here telling me what I, my next step. I, I knew this morning what I was gonna be doing. I knew I was gonna be preaching God's word from Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verses 20, 21. It, I didn't show up this morning and say, boys, what do y'all think I ought to preach on? I knew I had a plan. I, I prepared for it. I prayed for you. I, I was ready. And so I, I, I knew the direction we were going. It took work to get to this moment. I know this looks easy and I know some of you are going to sleep, but this takes work. I had to, I, you know, this, we prepared for this. It, it was something we had to do. And, and what's amazing, not only does God give a light to our feet, but look, a light to my path. So as I'm taking each step in obedience, I begin to get a greater sense of the direction of where I'm going. So I know generally where I'm going as specifically I'm walking in his way. And as I'm specifically walking in his way, I get a general sense of what God is doing. There's three aspects to God's general will that you got to walk in. And, and I, I believe it's expressed so beautiful in this picture in Acts chapter 2, verse 40 and 41. It's a description of the early church. It says, and with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3000 souls. So God's, God's general will begins with you repenting and believing the gospel and having believed that you be baptized, that you make a public profession of your saving faith in Jesus Christ. And I know some of you have not taken the time to do that. Some of you have been cautious. You've been concerned about taking that step. Every Sunday, we have a special baptism service. It's at one of our three services, or, or the ones in the chapel, or Redeemer, and, and every one of them is special. But this upcoming, no, it's September 4th, we're going to do our baptism at the Creek. And we do this once a year. And so if you would like to be a part of that, now is the time to sign up. Now is the time. You can't, it's better if you don't do it day of, because it, it makes it crazy. But hey, if somebody gets saved that day and they won't get baptized... I'm your man, all right? You need to be baptized, uh, but also you need to be a covenant member. I look at, uh, this This is the last part of that verse. It says, with many other words, he bore, I'm sorry, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. How did they know that there were 3,000 souls added to the church? Here's how they knew. First of all, because they had a church and they knew who were the baptized believers. And they had a covenant commitment to one another. And so when you go, and I would encourage you to do this, when you go to Acts chapter 2 and after 40 and 41, you read 42 through 47 and there's a description of the church. They were in small groups. They were serving the church. They were giving financially. They were praying faithfully. They were sharing boldly. This is what we do as a covenant community of faith. And so if you're not an active member, I don't mean you got your name on a roll somewhere. If you're not an active member, you're not in God's will. You you need to be baptized. You need to be a covenant member and you need to be a faithful ambassador. It says, with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them. They were sharing the gospel. Our our God calls us to express our hope and to do it well. We got to be equipped Two things I want to challenge you with and leave you with this morning. First of all, are you saved? Are you a baptized believer? Are you a baptized believer who's in a covenant membership in a local church where you are intentionally choosing to be equipped? Not someone who just shows up, someone who understands you have a destiny and you're going to pursue it with resilience. And that's the second question. Are you pursuing your destiny by being equipped? Stop putting it off, stop making excuses. God has provided you a glorious opportunity. You need to take it, you need to commit to it today. And I wanna pray towards that end now. So let's stand together, care leaders, if you will come forward. Father, again, we are so grateful for your grace and your mercy and your kindness. We thank you, Lord, for what you have made us and for what you called us to be. And so, Lord, I pray for some who are here today who have never been saved. They've, they've never repented of their sin and believed in the gospel that today is their day of salvation. And, Lord, I pray for those who have trusted in you, Lord Jesus, that they, that they will be wise and they will discipline themselves so you don't have to. And they will discipline themselves to be equipped and trained in in the word, which is what is being offered through living hope this fall. And God, that you would bless them. So even now, Lord, I pray you're convicting. And I pray that some will come and talk with leaders about salvation. Some will come and and pray and commit to you and just saying, Lord, I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get the time. I don't know. But Lord, I'm going to trust you for it. I'm going to commit to equipping. Lord, bless them as they do in Jesus' name.